Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Any Day Now edition. As the Bengals wrap up the preseason and turn their attention to the games that count, beginning with a regular season opener at Cleveland. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from Saturday's two-point loss at Washington, locker room comments from players and coaches, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Then, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, we'll get to know a defensive end who grew up rooting for the New York Giants and wears Lawrence Taylor's old number. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since freezing cold takes. One of the most amusing Twitter handles to follow is at old takes exposed. It's devoted to finding and sharing strong opinions expressed by members of the media that turned out to be horribly wrong. I thought about it this week while preparing for the Cincinnati-Washington game because if you remember the 2020 draft, quite a few people expressed the opinion that the Bengals should not draft Joe Burrow with the number one pick. They should take defensive end Chase Young. With all due respect to Young, who has been to a Pro Bowl, I think everybody would agree that the Bengals got it right. You can still find those freezing cold takes on the internet, including a radio show appearance by none other than Carson Palmer, who made the case that the Bengals should take the pass rusher since they already had Andy Dalton at quarterback. With all due respect to the Red Rifle, who's been to three Pro Bowls, I think everybody would agree that the Bengals got it right. Now, let's get to Saturday's preseason finale at FedEx Field. On their first 22 possessions of the preseason, the Bengals did not score an offensive touchdown. That streak ended on their final drive last week in Atlanta, and on their first drive in Washington, the Bengals found the end zone again. The Bengals do not have a touchdown pass yet in the preseason. They'll send two receivers out to each side of the formation. Browning catches a shoulder-high snap, scanning the field, throws oh, over the middle, baby. a leaping catch by Yossi Vosh. Touchdown, and Andre Yossi Vosh is doing the gritty, Jamar Chase style, in the back of the end zone. Jake Browning was in for the first two series and went 6-for-6 six for, six for 42 yards in that touchdown. He appears to have wrapped up the backup quarterback job and spoke to Dave Lapham after the game. Did you play about as high a level as you could possibly play in a competitive situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're never going to play perfect, but I feel pretty good about what I put on tape and all that, and practice has been going well, so we'll see how this thing shakes out. And uh, But, yeah, it's always a good feeling, feeling like you played well and put your best foot forward. You feel like you're seeing the field really well? I mean, you're getting the ball out of your hand pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it helps to be in my what, third year in this offense, uh, watch Joe operate a lot, uh, and be really engaged throughout the last couple of years on P-Squad and, and see how he operates and try and mimic it because it obviously works for him. What about this offense? What are the expectations, do you think, for this offensive football team this year? I mean, that's more of a joke question, but I, I think always the expectation on offense is going to be high and the expectation in the locker room for offense and defense is, is high and um, high expectations, but one game at a time. Congratulations on big performances. Thank you. It was 7-0 Bengals after a quarter, but veteran Washington quarterback Jacoby Brissett 
tied the game in the second. Moves oh. up in the pocket, avoids a hit, fires deep downfield. He's got a wide open receiver at the 10 who makes the catch, spins away, and takes it into the end zone for a touchdown. Mitchell Tinsley with a touchdown catch for Washington. And Jordan Battle is the one that missed the tackle at the five-yard line. He tried to put a, a pretty big hit on him. At that point, don't try to put a, a crushing blow on him. Just grab him and get him on the ground. Trevor Simeon took over at quarterback on the Bengals' third drive and promptly drove the team into field goal range for Evan McPherson. Then again, Evan is within range as soon as he walks into the stadium. The snap, the placement, and the kick. A high spinning end over end kick, and it is yeah, good! About from it. 58 yards away from Money Mac. And the Bengals take a 10 7 lead. And it looked like they would add to that lead the next time they got the ball as the Bengals drove from their own 14 to the Washington 26 with 23 seconds left in the half. Simeon fakes left, throws it deep, and it is batted around and picked off in the end zone by Washington. Ah. Ah. Jace Whitaker winds up with the football after it got deflected. Although the Bengals did not score on that drive, they got a good look at an undrafted rookie running back out of East Tennessee State who did not get the ball in the first two preseason games, Jacob Sailors. He finished with nine carries for 27 yards and added two catches for 14 more. He also had a long run wiped out by a penalty. I spoke to him after the game. How did it feel to finally get that opportunity? You know, it was just fun. It was great, great fulfilling just being out there after just preparing for so long and uh, just waiting for an opportunity, you know. And uh, I love the game of football regardless of if I got the ball in my hands or not, but I'm confident that's what I do best as a football player. So I was, I'm just blessed that I got to display that on, on this type of stage. I'm sure you were, you know, the butterflies were going before you got that tap on the shoulder and they said, go on in there and show us what you can do. Uh, what, was, what was the feeling like when they gave you the green light and you knew you were going in the game? A feeling of just incredible focus, you know, just making sure this is the one opportunity that I've prepared essentially since I was five years old for. And um, I just wanted to make sure that I left it all out on the field. Uh, a motto that got me where I am today is no doubt. And I just wanted to make sure when I walked off the field, I, I left no doubt. And just being the best teammate, I could be the best player. Everything, representation of the Bengals organization, and I, I'm confident that I display that. We're talking to Jacob Sailors. You had some good runs. Unfortunately, the best one got knocked out by a penalty, a 27-yard run. But as my broadcast partner Dave Lapham pointed out, that film still exists. Yes, sir. The Bengals and every team in the league is going to see what you did on that run. Absolutely, and uh, I'm just grateful that I got that opportunity and uh, let let the my my talents take over and I'm just blessed that my, my offensive line was able to clear away for me and the receivers block well downfield so that, that's what it takes for for a team to have a successful play and I'm just blessed that I was in that situation at that time. Did your heart drop when when you heard that there was a flag? Uh, you know it wasn't so much that it dropped you know just upset a little disappointed but at the end of the day just grateful to be honest. So next 48 hours, 72 hours are nerve-wracking time for everybody in your position throughout the NFL. How are you going to deal with it for the next few days? Um, I'm just going to encourage myself through the grace of God, talk to people that, that helped guide me to where I am today. And um, without them, I, <laughs> I'd be going crazy, you know, just being in this situation, the doubt that naturally creeps in. 
and not the, the not knowing, but I'm just gonna engulf myself in the grace of God and whatever he sees fit, he's gonna carry it out and I'm okay with it. Put a good show on tape, congratulations. Appreciate it. That's running back Jacob Sailors. The Bengals fell behind for the first time in the third quarter when former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, who should replace Aaron Rodgers in State Farm ads, so it could be Jake Fromm State Farm, threw this touchdown pass. First and goal less than a yard away for the Commanders. Fromm catches a shotgun snap, throws a pass out to the right, and the wide open receiver makes the catch for the Washington TD. It is Bryson Tremaine who had five yards of separation over near the forward right pylon. At the end of the third quarter, it was Washington 14, Cincinnati 10. In the fourth, Simeon's final drive at quarterback ended with a short field goal by McPherson to make it 14-13. But Jake from State Farm, I can't stop saying it, struck again. Fromm will look to throw. His pass over the middle, caught for the touchdown by tight end Brandon Dillon. Well, the Bengals just played zone defense at the seven-yard line. Everybody just dropped back inside the goal line. I mean, they tried to form a picket fence at the goal line, basically. And, uh, you know, there were holes there. Receivers just run down and hooked it up between two defenders, and it's a touchdown pass. The two Washington quarterbacks finished with three touchdown passes, no picks, and a passer rating of 120.8 against the Bengals secondary that was light on cornerbacks. Like all of the starters on both sides of the ball, Chidabe Awuje, Cam Taylor-Britt, and Mike Hilton didn't play. Additionally, D.J. Turner, Sidney Jones, and Marvell Tell were out with minor injuries. That left three corners, D.J. Ivey, Alan George, and Jalen Davis. And the Bengals pulled Davis early in the game to make sure that he didn't get hurt. 33-year-old Mike Thomas, who's been a safety for the bulk of his 12 NFL seasons, played most of the game out of position at slot corner. Dave Lapham shares his thoughts on Mike Thomas's value later in the podcast. Down by eight with 10 minutes to go, the Bengals turned to third-string quarterback Reed Sinnott, who was added to the roster after Joe Burrow strained his calf on the second day of training camp. Sinnott finished the preseason tied for the team lead in touchdown passes. He catches a shotgun snap. He's going to throw it high and Got deep. Him. Nobody near. <laughs> Shedrick Jackson, touchdown. Man. Bengals, a 34-yard touchdown strike. Now the Bengals can go for two and try to tie the score. Boy, that's you talk about a blown coverage. Man, a Shevitz. I mean, he was 20 yards open. It was one of those plays where the receiver is so open that you worry that he's going to drop the ball. Here's Shedrick Jackson. Yeah, those are the hard ones for sure. Um, you know, ran my route. I seen it kind of blowing the coverage. I knew I was wide open. Once I saw the ball in the air, all you got to do after that is just focus on that and, you know, get in his own. Can you describe the feeling of catching an NFL touchdown pass, even though it was a preseason game? Yeah, it was a great feeling, uh, no matter the, the, the circumstances of preseason, regular season. And uh, like I said before, these guys just give me a chance. Um, Playing was a great team with a lot of great teammates, so um, it was very fun. Jackson finished the preseason with nine catches for 112 yards and is a strong candidate to make the practice squad. The Bengals failed on the two-point conversion attempt and trailed 21-19 with six and a half minutes to go. Can the Bengals' defense get the ball back for the offense on third down and nine near midfield? 
Fromm drops back to throw against the four-man rush. Finish. He gets hit and sacked. <laughs> Brought down. Raymond Johnson was there. Gunter was nearby. The Bengals' defense gets a huge sack, and Washington will punt with less than four minutes to go. It gave Senate a chance to be the hero, and he drove the Bengals to the 40-yard line with two minutes to go. They were about 20 yards away from giving McPherson a shot at a game-winning field goal. But a sack and two incomplete passes led to this. Fourth down and 15. Shotgun snap to Sinnott. He's back to throw. He's going to fire deep downfield for Shedrick Jackson. Broken up. Incomplete. No penalty flag. And Washington will take over with 140 to go. The final score, Washington 21, Cincinnati 19. The Commanders won all three of their preseason games. The Bengals went 0-2-1. If I had to pick a preseason MVP, I'd go with rookie wide receiver Andre Yosivash. He led the team with 12 catches for 129 yards and a touchdown, and I spoke to the sixth-round draft pick out of Princeton after the game. We're in the locker room with wide receiver Andre Yosivash, who caught his first touchdown pass, albeit a preseason yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> you you interrupted me to say preseason. You're not you're not counting it. No, I mean it's nice, you know, to get in the end zone to help your team win in the preseason. But you know, I just want to get out there on the real Sundays and you know help my team in that way as well. So I I, I appreciate this one, but the real one's still coming. You'll get your chance in 15 days, and hopefully yep. you have one in Cleveland. Tell Thank us you. about that play though, because you got wide open yeah. in the back of the end zone. Yeah, they seem, I mean, they, they look like they're running man, and I think they switched off because TT ran out, um, but I don't think they were supposed to switch off, and so I just ran free, and I just hopped up and got the ball. Jake Browning put it in a spot where, had there been somebody nearby, you could have used your height and your exactly. leaping ability to go up and get it. Yeah, I think he was probably just practicing a little bit just in case <laughs> somebody was on me, see if I can make the play, and... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good ball for you. I could get it, so I'm just glad I came down with it. We're chatting with Andre Yosivash. How would you describe your preseason? It was good, you know. I made some good plays. I had some plays where I need to learn from, you know, just learning from uh, um, skill errors, technique errors, even just play errors, you know, just all learning so I don't make the same mistake twice, you know, don't make the run, run the wrong routes uh, on some plays. And it's been up and down, but in my mind it's all up because I'm, I'm always learning. I think a lot of people said when you were a pick, can he make the step up from Ivy League competition to NFL competition? Right. How quickly did you realize, yeah, I can play at this level? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think OTAs was a good indicator of that when I first came. You know, I, I knew my athletic prowess, and it was just about getting the skill down, and I have confidence in myself to get the skills down and just facing more press than I face in the Ivy League, which I have the physical abilities to do, and it's just all learning, and I think that once I got here for OTAs, I was pretty... Uh, set in who I was. I would assume you don't have much to worry about over the next few days in terms of making the roster. Do you feel pretty comfortable? Uh, I'm not sure yet, to be honest. Uh, you know, I'm still playing out there like I, I'm still trying, trying to make the 53 because we have a lot of receivers, so I'm still not really sure how the numbers work, you know. Um, but I'm just hoping for the best, and I'm just hoping I'm going to be a Bengal. You've had a great camp, great game tonight. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Seems appropriate that the Bengals appear to have found a gem in the sixth round of the draft this year, since recently inducted Hall of Famer Ken Riley was also a sixth round draft pick back in 1969. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. There were two injuries of note on Saturday. Joseph Osai hurt his right ankle, and Deontay Smith hurt his left shoulder. 
neither appeared to be in bad shape after the game, but we'll have to wait and see. Dave Lapham caught up with Zach Taylor. Preseason's over, coach. It's over. What are your uh, what are your thoughts at this point in time? I thought the guys competed hard, gave us a chance at the end, uh, got ourselves in some good situations that we'll learn from as a team. Uh, beneficial for our entire team. Jake Browning, um, I was just talking with him a little bit and in the Atlanta game, he uh, six of his eight plays on his touchdown drive, one for first downs. He goes four for four for 42 yards, rushes a couple times for 33 more. Tonight goes six for six for 42 and a touchdown. So in the last couple of quarters, 10 for 10, 84 yards and a touchdown, rush for 33 more. He responded big time. Yeah, good to see. You know, his job is to protect the football and put us in the end zone, and uh, I thought he's done a nice job of that. So... I, I know you were more than hamstrung on the back end. You only had three cornerbacks available to you. What about Mike Thomas doing everything that he's asked to do? I mean, that guy, any team is a better football team with that guy as part of it, isn't he? Yeah, there's no question. You know, that's why he's been such a key part of what we've done here the last couple of years. And everybody on the team loves him. Coaches love him. He's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And that's what he did again today. How frustrating was it, though, not having, you know, all hands on deck kind of back there to to maybe quell some of the things that, uh, I mean, you had to play a lot of a lot of soft zone and go from there. Yeah, that's just part of the preseason. You know, we're not the only team that has to deal with that, and that's just one of the things that you got to overcome, and I thought our guys for the most part did that. What about your young running backs? Assess their performance tonight. Uh, good, the good things. You know, all three of those guys uh, did a nice job making efficient gains on, on first, second down for us. Um, had some good short yardage runs as well, so I was pleased with that group as a whole. Yossi Vosh continues to, to show. I mean, he made a Great play in that touchdown reception. I mean, looking at him out there, when he's by himself out there, he looks like a quasi-tight end. I mean, he's a big-body guy that can run and jump. He is. He did a nice job. Jake did a good job getting through the progression and finding him, and he came down with a big play. So, Coach, where does it go from here? I mean, I know now you've got a, a long process here. I mean, take us through the next 48 hours. Uh, what are you going to do as, as an individual, as a coaching staff, as an organization? What goes on? Yeah, we'll meet as coaches. We'll meet with Duke and his staff and, and make the decisions that are best for our organization, you know, and, and then we'll go from there and have our team meeting and talk to some of the players and uh, and then get to work on Cleveland. I know a couple of guys, there was injury report on a couple of guys that didn't sound serious. Um, in, injury part of it, did you come out okay, do you think? I, I think so, but again, we'll always give it a night to, to sort some of them out and see how they feel tomorrow. Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, it's that that first night's sleep. See what it feels like the next morning. We've both been there, right? <laughs> Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Now, time for the Radio Guys Recap. Preseason is over, Lap. It ends with a 21-19 loss to the Washington Commanders here at FedEx Field. Now the nervous time begins for a lot of youngsters who are wondering if they are going to be one of the 69 guys with a golden ticket, whether it's on the 53-man roster or the 16-man practice squad. Yeah, and uh, and the ones that aren't on the 16-man practice squad here, did they put enough on tape for other teams around the league to say, huh, I saw something there that... uh, he showed and stepped up in a time when we were looking for people to maybe do that. Are other guys going to get opportunities with other other teams on their 16-man practice squad? And that's going to be the interesting thing with the roster depth. You wonder how picked over the Bengals' 16-man practice squad is going to be um, in, a, in a quick fashion, you know. So, and that's 
to, in order to get off that 16 men, they're going to have to go to some of these 53 man roster. But I think there are going to be some guys on the Bengals 16 man practice squad that might be on somebody's 53-man roster potentially. It's going to be interesting to see how many of those uh, there, there might be. Safe to say Jake Browning has won the number two quarterback job? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, his, his numbers are uh, are pretty impressive. You know, he, he had to step up and, and get it done. And uh, last week, his quarterback rating of 135.4, went in four for four for 42 yards. And then tonight, he goes six for six for another 42 and a touchdown. 10 for 10, 84 yards on touchdown. Quarterback rating has got to be well up into the 140s and you know he showed mobility I think he showed that he understands the offense and Duke Tobin had an interesting thing that he was talking about with us at halftime he said his mind is the big thing you know he understands that he sees it um, he gets the ball out of his hand quickly as a result of that so they seem to be pretty high on him. One guy who is not going to be worrying about having a spot on the roster is Andre Yosibosh. I'd have to say he was the Bengals' most impressive preseason player, had a touchdown catch in the game tonight, and was terrific in all three preseason games. He was. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, um, like Duke was talking about with us at halftime again, he was another part of the subject matter, and, and he had traits, there's no doubt about it, that uh, that they really liked. and. The only knock was the level of competition, you know, playing at Princeton, playing in the Ivy League. Well, he showed that he, he could step up. I mean, I think the other thing, you know, you talk about Jake Browning's mind. Yosivash has to have a pretty strong mind himself in terms of not raw intelligence and football intelligence. And sometimes it doesn't equate to football intelligence, but it does to him. He picks it up quickly. He's, uh, he's gifted. I mean, he's big. He can run. He can jump. There's not much he can't do physically. I think, I think his future is extremely bright. There's no question. The Bengals always have at least one running back on the practice squad. We didn't know anything really about Calvin Tyler or Jacob Sailors. They hadn't played in the preseason. Jacob Sailors had a good game. He got the ball 11 times. He had a 27-yard run that got wiped out by a penalty. If nothing else, he certainly enhanced his chance of being on that practice squad. He did. You know, I mean, he. he all you can ask. The young guy to do is to step up when given the opportunity, and it's almost like uh, all those guys are like, "Hey, thanks for giving us everything you gave us at training camp. Here's your opportunity to go put something on tape. Now it's up to you to go do it." He stepped up and and did it big time. I thought he was really good. I mean, he caught the ball well out of the backfield. I mean, I didn't notice any glaring assignment errors on his part. So, I mean, I think I think that. He helped himself a ton, there's no question. Last year at cutdown day, the Bengals added guys to their 53-man roster from other teams, and they were drafting late or choosing late in the waiver process, and they still were able to do it. Max Sharping arrived that way. Devin Asiasi got here that way. Jay Tufele got here that way. What do you think? I mean, are they going to do something similar this year? Is there a position group that you think that they might target? I, that's a good question. I mean, you know, you think potentially running back, but then guys show up and, and, and play the way they, they played tonight. I mean, they, they may, you know, be able to make things happen for their practice squad in, in, in that regard. And I, I do think the one big positive that came out of the night, there's a couple of guys that were nicked up, um, Osai uh, being one, and there was an offensive player that was Deontay uh, Smith. Yeah, Deontay Smith uh, at, at, in the offensive line. It doesn't sound like they're, in speaking with Zach after the game, it doesn't sound like they're devastating injuries, but you always want to give it overnight and see what it's like the next morning. 
um, but I don't think they're going to be any kind of a long-term thing. So the, th the thing that, you know, that, that I thought was a big key is don't let injuries have to be part of the evaluation process. In other words, you know, just let the guy, is his skill set good enough? Did he play well enough to make the football team? It's like, oh, now i got to claim this guy, put this one on waivers, see if he can clear waivers, and then cut this guy and put this guy back on our roster. And all those manipulations that they had to do, they've had to do in the past because of injuries. And this guy, a guy's, he's only going to be out six weeks. He's not going to be out the entire season. But he has to be on the 53-man roster before he can go on IR. It looks like they've avoided all that. So I think that's a big deal. And I think they'll just be able to build their roster based on, you know, instead of uh, juggling injury semantics, they just based on can the guy help us or not. One of the most interesting decisions they have to make this weekend involves one of our all-time favorites, Mike Thomas, truly one of the great people that's ever come through the Bengals' locker room, ever, in 50-plus years of the franchise. If they keep four safeties, he's probably not one of the four. He's got tremendous special teams value. If he's not on the 53-man roster, you can keep six veterans. They would love to have him on the practice squad if he's willing at 33 years old. It's going to be very interesting to see how that comes down. It, it really is. And I told him uh, after the game that I said during the game that any roster is better with Mike Thomas on that roster. And he was very appreciative. And, you know, I, I mean, he is that guy. I said, you know what? Forget football. I'm going to campaign for you to be president of the United States. That <laughs> your reaction, he started laughing. But I mean, he—I mean, he is a—he is a special dude. Um, It's—it's it's going to be—it's going to be very interesting. And the thing, he—he he held a very, very important spot, personal protector for Darren Simmons. And you know, I was thinking about this last night as I was putting together my own roster: 25 offense, 25 defense, and three specialists, and then maybe. You know, playing with it after that, if he's not one of the guys, man, you have a, a snapper that's in his second season. He's got 20 games under his belt, counting playoffs. And then you have a personal protector, Jordan Battle, that's a rookie and a rookie punter, potentially. It looks like that that's going to be the case. I mean, Mike Thomas took all of the personal protector snaps for Darren. And in the very first game, you go up to Cleveland, they have a very good special teams coach. And, you know, tight game, loud, clock's running down, they run a, a funky formation and might be tough on the rookie. So it, it, those are the kind of things that, that you think about. But uh, if you make that decision, you have confidence that Jordan Battle and others can handle it. Mike Thomas went out there in this game, played out of position at corner because they needed somebody to do it. Here's a 33-year-old guy who's been playing safety and, and not cornerback for many, many years. You know, did what the team needed him to do. He will do anything that his football team asks of him. And to me, I mean, I think I think he is the ultimate teammate. I mean, he really is. I don't. I think if they, uh, if you if you put into a computer all the requirements, both physically, mentally, uh, all the intangibles that you need. To have the perfect teammate, Michael Thomas comes spitting out of there. Mm. Final question, what's your concern level for Evan McPherson after the preseason? <laughs> Not real high? Not real high. <laughs> Sky's the limit there. I mean, that dude, he just, he throws dynamite caps on his toes before the game and pregame, and they start exploding during the game. It is amazing to see the ball come off that guy's foot. I mean, it's, you know, you, you 
I remember, you know, watching Major League Baseball guys at batting practice and just hearing the ball come off their bat, seeing their swing, and then, I mean, how does it make that noise? It doesn't make that noise normally, you know, and the same thing with him striking a football. Some guys have this innate ability to just crush. He's won. Yeah. Hit from 58 during the game and 65 yards during the pregame warm-ups. And he's done that before. I mean, I remember practice. He ended a practice that he hit from 65. We were right behind him. Yep. Just right down the middle. It's like, pretty good. Dude, come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. By the way, happy birthday to Lap's wife, Lynn, and his granddaughter, Lucy. The season opener at Cleveland is now two weeks away. Here's hoping a certain quarterback is able to start practicing this week. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Now, time for this week's edition of Fun Facts, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with defensive end Raymond Johnson III from Sumter, South Carolina, the home of the Shaw Air Force Base. When you're home, do you see a lot of F-16s and fighter jets overhead? All the time. That's all we hear, baby. You're going to see them flying around. You're going to see them landing. You know, Shaw Air Force Base in Sumter, South Carolina. Can't miss it. Did a bunch of your friends have parents that worked there? Uh, I had quite a few military friends. I did. Um, and a lot of new ones. Every year you get, like, new friends just because of that <laughs> military base. So We're visiting with Raymond Johnson III. What sports did you play growing up? Uh, I did basketball, baseball, football, and track. What in track? All the big stuff, you know, like shot put and discus. <laughs> no the big running. guy events? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any interest in non-sports activities? Non-sports activity? I love music, so I was trying mm. to dabble in music a little bit. I'm not like I'm a crazy good singer or anything, but I'm great at, like, writing lyrics and songs and stuff like that. All right. You've got an interesting uh, talent other than football. I heard you say in an interview that you feel like you've always been an underdog. Has that been a big motivator for you? Yeah, man. Just uh, anything I've done in life, I always feel like the underdog because it's always I'm always being overlooked. I felt like uh, like coming in high school, I was only a three star and I didn't get that rank until, you know, after my last senior year and stuff like that. And I always felt like, you know, I was a dominant player, probably one of the best in the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I felt like that's the start of my underdog journey. And then when I went to college, I went to a smaller Division I uh, G5 school. So it continued my underdog mentality. Of course, I wasn't drafted. And, you know, I'm here now in the NFL and still underdog mentality. So Georgia Southern was that school. Why did you choose the Eagles? Uh, it was basically the whole recruiting process. The Eagles stayed with me through thick and thin. You know, um, even if I wasn't sure, I would actually qualify academically because you know I was a, a knucklehead in school at the time so not taking it as serious as I should but you know Georgia Southern was there the whole time and they're and they're family they're all family it's a family team it's a it's, it's family all around Eagle Nation shout out to Eagle Nation by the way a self-proclaimed knucklehead yeah. in the classroom <laughs> when you were young would you have gone to one of the big powerful schools in South Carolina or nearby do you think if you had paid better attention to your grades I definitely do I think um I think I would have failed to either USC or Clemson. And those guys were showing interest, of course, but like I said, knucklehead, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you changed your ways yes, uh, by the time you got to college. You majored in sports management. Could you see yourself working in a front office or for a college athletic department someday after your playing career is finished? I actually could. Either um, 
working in the front office or going to the big screen, man, because, you know, I love to talk about the game. You know, um, I've always been great at speaking out uh, publicly. So, you know, either that or broadcasting or one of those things. But anything around the game, is, it sounds good to me. So you can see yourself as a color analyst on a football broadcast. Come on, man, you know. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> We're visiting with Raymond Johnson III. As you mentioned, you weren't drafted, but many teams tried to sign you immediately after the draft. You chose the New York Giants. As it turns out, that was your favorite team growing up in Sumter, South Carolina. Why did you become a Giants fan? Um, like all little kids, you know, you think you were running back growing up and stuff. And Tiki Barber, I was huge on him, so... It started out with Tiki, and then as I got older and started developing on the defense side of the ball and stuff, you know, I started learning about guys like LT, and then, you know, I'm looking at this D-line with Osu Yuminari and Justin Tuck and Jason Pierre-Paul and stuff, so it was just, it's just that culture, man. I, I always loved it. You're wearing the number 56 in a Bengals uniform. Is that for Lawrence Taylor? It's not, but, you oh. know, now that you say something, that's an interesting thing, though. I can, I can start viewing it that way. I definitely can. It's a good guy to copy. <laughs> it is. A great guy to copy. After being or after signing with the New York Giants as an undrafted free agent, you made the opening day roster a couple of years ago and wound up playing in 15 games. That's an incredible accomplishment. Describe that phone call when that cut down weekend, they call you up and say you've made the team. Which is what is crazy. It actually wasn't a phone call. Uh, when you get the phone call, that means you don't make the team. Mm. So I didn't get a phone call. And, you know, coming into the league, I didn't really know as much about 53-man rosters and all that. All I knew was, like, you know, you're on the team or you're on practice squad, you know. So I never really knew about the call and if, you know, if you're on a 53 or on practice squad. So, you know, I found out that I was actually on the official roster through, like, the, on the website and wow. then uh, an interview shortly after practice and stuff. So I'm like, whoa, like, wow. you know, I didn't have no clue, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> so not getting the phone call in this case was the greatest thing. <laughs> the greatest thing. Yes, sir. We're talking to Raymond Johnson the third. You spent last year with the Bengals on the practice squad. How did you approach it when you didn't get to play in the games? Um, just as an opportunity to get better and, and tone in on my craft. Uh, getting a chance to go against uh, championship caliber guys, you know, and, and making the most of it. So, uh, you know, at first, of course, I, I don't think I liked it at first, but just looking back on it, I'm definitely thankful for it because it, it helped me took my game to the next level, I believe. All right. Time for some wild card topics now with Raymond Johnson III. Have you had any other jobs other than professional athlete? Have I had any other jobs? Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, I, I used to do yard work all the time for money and stuff. A lot of blue collar jobs actually, like moving stuff, moving trees, branches and stuff with some of my families and, and their friends and businesses and stuff like that, but never really anything that's like, you know, a white collar job or paperwork or anything, never that sort. That stuff helps, helps build strength. It does, it very do, it does. <laughs> do you have any hidden talents? I can rap, I can rap. Hmm. And I'm great at freestyling on the spot. I don't know why. I th well, actually, I do know why. My dad used to always uh, rap in the car and just freestyle and stuff. And I don't know, as I got older, I just, I became great at it. Hmm. So it's kind of, you know, it's funny. On the flip side of that, what are you terrible at? I'm terrible at golf. I want to get better at that just because when I'm done with football, of course, I want to be out there on the, you know, <laughs> on the course cutting up, man. It's a game for life. That's it a good is, thing about it's golf. It's a game for life. Have you ever had a pet? I had a few. I had a lot of dogs growing up. Um, I had like a Rottweiler, a pit, a poodle. Um, 
and now me and my uh, fiance have like a, a Yorkie and a Shih Tzu, so a Yorkie and Shih Tzu mix. So yeah, I'm, I'm a dog person. Who is the greatest athlete of all time mm-hmm. in any sport? I'm going to say Serena Williams. Mm. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams. Uh, she don't get a lot of credit, and I think it's because she's a woman, but Serena is a crazy athlete, and if you study her closely, you, you can you can definitely make that argument for her. Are you a tennis fan? I'm not, but that's also one of those sports I'm trying to double in more. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm trying to double in a little bit of everything. <laughs> Good for you. Yes, sir. All right, final question. This one's a little bit deep. If you could meet anybody in history, living or deceased, could be an athlete, an entertainer, a statesman, who would that person be? That's a great question. So if I could meet anybody, I think I would want to meet my great-grandfather. Hmm. Um, I heard from my great-grandmother, who loves to talk a lot, by the way, that uh, I remind him, I remind her of him a lot. And uh, he was a tall guy, too. Uh, great man, from what I heard. I heard he was a good-looking fella, so, you know, of course, it runs in our genes. Not surprised there, but uh, <laughs> I would definitely want to meet my, grand, my great-grandfather. Definitely would. That's an excellent answer. Raymond, best of luck in the final preseason game and throughout the season. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, too. Thank you. I think the scoring crew in Washington gypped Raymond Johnson out of a half-sack on Saturday night. I believe he finished the preseason with two sacks and a team-high five quarterback hits. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. And by Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.